Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Driving Law Show. Hi, I'm Paul. Uh, and uh, let me come live to you every Tuesday at 8 p.m talking about all of the uh, big topics in rugby uh, and uh, joining me this evening um, to talk about that kind of stuff. Um, first up, I've got Boa. How are you doing, sir? Very well. Great day to be a Kiwi uh, for more reasons than one. Uh, very elegant uh, New Zealand bred horse winning the Melbourne Cup. And, uh, you know, hey, if you uh, did back my tip, uh, congratulations. Drinks on you. Uh, and you yeah, look, lots happening. Hey, I, lots I, I, don't happening think you, I don't think you actually made that. I think whilst, whilst you put that tip in our our live our, our rugby chat group, you didn't put that tip in the out for the public. I don't think so. Um, via your shows, um, so uh, so yeah. So I don't think anyone else would. So whilst um, um, Stephen Harris is uh, uh, took your tip. Evening, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Paul. Always a privilege and a pleasure to be on the TDM and talk about. The 15-man game, or the 23-man game, we should call it. But uh, got to say, <laughs> I jumped all over that tip from Boa because he's, I've got a bit of a hot streak this year. So when you've got that hot streak, you've got to go with that uh, that feel or that gut, gut instinct. But I'm pretty sure if he had the opportunity to put it out there in the public, I think a lot of people actually did jump on it, though, Paul, just uh, listening to a few people around the traps and on the social network. Well, yeah, yes, uh, it's as, as you say, it was a... Um... Uh, even me in my hungover state and sleeping most of the afternoon um, have noticed that uh, that a Kiwi horse won um, the race. Uh, yes, folks, uh, I've uh, had a bit of a big day yesterday because um, uh, Kia Play, my new, uh, uh, well, trying to start up a uh, e-commerce business, and we sold our very first stables yes last night, um, and hence uh, we had a few beers, and uh, I was worse for wear today because of that. Um, but so that doesn't stop me getting back on the beers. So yes. Spate's uh, um, gold medal ale for me um, this evening. Um, so I'll just crack that one open. Um, the, um, I'm on the uh, line red. I'm probably going to order a couple of crates after today's win. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually I'm getting to Boa. Every every time we have a show, I'm getting to like Boa a lot more. And at the moment, he gets the thumbs up from me. Line red. <laughs> Sponsor of the North of Tanifa for many, many a years. <laughs> Even though it looked odd, the red label on the back of a Cambridge blue jersey. <laughs> there we go. Um, uh, so on the show this evening, I say I've, I've uh, kind of been somewhat distracted the last couple of days. Um, but uh, some of the stuff we will talk about, uh, obviously, we've got the All Blacks test at the weekend. Um, we've uh, also had the uh, Black Ferns having their opening test of their November tour, European tour um, as well. Uh, we've... Uh, also coming towards the close of the or the pointy end of the uh, Bunnings um, NPC, um, and uh, yeah, so that is the, the, those are the, the the topics that I can think about. But um, uh, folks in the live chat, because uh, you can always come join us in the live chat in Facebook and uh, YouTube. Um, they uh, any other topics you would like us to discuss, then do please um, put uh, them in there, um, and. Um, yeah, uh, and also, boys, obviously, if you have any topics you want to um, have a chat about as well, we can talk about those. But um, first, kicking us off then, 
the All Blacks um, against Wales uh, or in, in Cardiff against Wales uh, put up a cracking victory, uh, racking up over 50 points. Um, Bella, what did you think of the uh, of the All Blacks' performance? Oh, fantastic. I think they, it, was a, it was a very level-headed performance. By that, I mean they, they're very clinical and strategic by absorbing pressure probably the first two quarters, more so that first quarter. Uh, you know, Wales, to their credit, uh, they really brought the game in that first 20. They were very physical, some big tackles. Um, and, you know, the All Blacks, they didn't lose their shape. They didn't try to overdo things. Uh, there's a couple of opportunities where they took the three points. And at the same time, they stuck to a game plan, which to me showed a lot of maturity. And of course, uh, last week we did mention what sort of lineup we were going to expect. And we uh, put out the, the, the strongest possible uh, lineup. And of course, some of the real positives were uh, the, the physicality the guys showed in the ruck department. And that clearly showed that they'd learned from that last Springbok uh, test loss. You know, they were quite strong and steady. It was good, quick lightning ball. And once the Welsh started to tire, that's when they really put the foot down. And uh, in, in, a, in a matter of 10, 10 or so minutes, you know, they completely blitzed and obliterated uh, the Welsh, which, which is nothing short of Harlem Globetrotter basketball-style rugby. And boy, it, when you actually look into some of those movements and when you dissect it, in slow motion, they were actually very basic tactics and very basic movements. But the All Blacks did it at such uh, good professional intensity. You know, it looked mesmerizing. So all in all, I think um, a good solid 8 out of 10 performance. And also uh, some of the leaders in the team really stood up, particularly Samuel Whitelock and Adi Savea doing some fantastic work. Uh, in the ball-carrying department and the breakdown. So, for me, a very, very satisfying win. And we did tip anywhere between 50 to 60 points, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Stephen, your thoughts? Yeah, I've got to say, Paul, I think Bob summed it up really, really well. You know, um, credit to the, the Welsh in the in the first half. And listen, credit to the way they were actually moving the ball, because I thought at times their their attack was, was actually quite fluent, but the, the All Blacks were just a little bit more accurate on the tackle and, and also you've got to say losing Alan Wynn Jones, losing that leadership, their, their line out went went wonky and you know despite a couple of individuals, their loose two of their loose forwards playing very, very well, their eight and their seven. Um you've got to say the likes of Black Adder, Savia and Papa Ali especially. Wow, you know, when you're when you're sort of looking at a, a team performance, you're always looking for maybe a half a dozen seven players. Well, those that loose forward trio would probably easily, probably fit in nicely as as uh, players of the day in the first six players or so. Of course, Bowden Barrett with a a pretty and amazing performance. When he does great things, boy, he's really great. wasn't wasn't perfect by any stretch. I thought a couple of times, a couple of little unlike errors from him in terms of his his kicking one I can recall when he kicked and uh, you know there was probably nothing on but listen in in the main a, a good performance but I've got to say it was expected with Wales and missing so many bods either through injury or part of the Gallagher, Gallagher Premiership Yep, no, very true. I, we, I think it was a foregone, yeah, not a foregone conclusion, but yeah, the, the All Blacks went in as some um, very heavy favourites, uh, even more so than they would do would do normally. Um, as Bo said there, though, it was the that that is what I that is what we think now is uh, who Ian Foster thinks is his best side of um, fit players. So clearly, a couple of players, or uh, fit and and, um, and and on tour players. I mean, obviously, three players spring to mind that uh, that aren't there. Um, in uh, Jack Goodhue, Sam Kane, uh, and um, uh, Aaron Smith, um, are those those three. But apart from those three, that is effectively the first choice team. Oh, and perhaps Scott Barrett um, as, as as a um, as a bench player. Um, but that is, I think, that's what we think he is, is his. Um, uh, what well, well, he considers to be the, 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 the strongest side. Um, Aaron puts in there. Uh, my doubts still remain about Havili. Um, and yes, us, uh, he, he uh, had a quiet, um, a quiet game, and we'll have to see. Uh, and I think that uh, the centre combination is probably one of the uh, and the the, uh, the loose trio um, are the, the two areas that are most up in the air 
um, at, at, uh, um, at, at the moment uh, with that. But um, so, but I think there were two players in there who back who did play um, against the USA. That uh, and I thought the USA was the USA game was supposed to be a well was was a, a, a totally second string team. So I wasn't expecting anybody there to uh, to back up unless they were coming back into the side in the way that sort of Richard Mwanga, Sam Whitelock were. Uh, but two players did. I mean, first up, um, the um, Blackadder uh, in the number six jersey. Uh, has he now, is, 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 has he ever taken Ardi, um, not Ardi, has he ever taken Akiriwani um, now? And is, is he the uh, first choice six for the All Blacks boys? You know, I think it's very much going to be horses courses against teams who play a very traditional sort of upfront, physical, old school test. No question. Blackadder is your first choice six. Love his work rate, and he just wants to get in people's faces and really, you know, get those positive carry meters. I think a, a, a very good replacement, given that uh, we've had Liam Squire with an early retirement. So is that that Molder player very abrasive? It's what I call a sandpaper. He's just willing to get stuck into it. Akira, with certain opposition, once we start really wanting to play that expensive game from the very get go. He's probably a starting choice, but I think more likely against the uh, uh, top four sides, we will start seeing Blackadder. And of course, the other real positive for me was Will Jordan. I mean, he's really fallen in line with what. Uh, wait, wait. I'll just ask you. I'll, I'll, I'll just ask you about Blackadder. I'll, I'll ask you about Will Jordan later. But we're going to get some. Okay, we'll, 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 back, we'll back up the bus. So, Blackadder, I would say, you know, 60 to 70% of the time, he'll be starting, no question. I guess, uh, particularly against uh, most wanted opponent, the Springboks, he's going to start. But against the sides where we're going to play a very expansive game, it's uh, going to be Akira Yuani. But it'll be good to see this competition because week to week, we might see some changes because all it takes is one barnstorming performance from Akira and then he's back in favor. So this is great to see. Good, healthy competition. But I have to say, love the way Blackadder you know, puts his head down and just gets stuck into it, which is probably what we've been missing uh, in our loose forward trio. So in nocturnal rights also uh, in the live chat brings up, brings up Frizzell um, as well, who's who's coming back. Um, but um, uh, Stephen, you yeah, you're, you're you're not convinced by that one. I, so is is so because um, we one one of the problems we've had for the All Blacks since Jerome Kano uh, has uh, has retired is from, from international rugby is who is that six. Yeah, so, uh, is are, are you are you think we're going horses and horses with Bower, or do you think Blackadder is 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 the replacement? Oh, I, I think I, I in the main I pretty much agree with everything Bower Bower said. But one thing I will say, unfortunately for Frizzell, obviously his off-field infraction and maybe not just quite nailing those opportunities that he's had, and he's left the door open. For but for not only Akira Yuani but also okay. Ethan Blackadder, so he, he probably finds himself dropping down the order at this point in time. Um, Paul, I just want to have to mention this because I think it's important that we mention it. One player that was stung by a lot of criticism in that game against the USA because he um, everybody was saying, "Well, mate, is he trying to play for the Harlem Globetrotters, etc." And I actually thought he was making a little bit of a, an angry statement in the game. Was TJ Perinara? There was sometimes I was wondering what was he on at the time, and I just wonder if he was responding to criticism that he'd received over his performance. Um, yeah, interesting that one. I, it's uh, yeah, uh, it was definitely comments in. Uh, that I saw that, that yeah, the TJ was um, perhaps not focusing on the game enough um, initially in this one um, was getting carried away with 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 some of the uh, back chat and uh, off the off, off the ball stuff um, in, in this one unfortunately uh, so yeah in, interesting one there um, yeah but so yeah good call because um, yes yeah, so I think a lot of us thought yeah Weber would be picked ahead of him um, and that TJ wasn't the number one anymore but um, yeah looks like uh, but or, or number two sorry um, behind. Um, Aaron Smith, but it looks like he has done that one. But um, the other name then, um, and I'm going to hold Boa back even further. I'm going to, Stephen, I'll let you go first with um, Will Jordan. Has Will Jordan claimed the uh, 14 jersey? Uh, the um, Or uh, are we still going to see some changing in that back three as we, as, as we try and settle it down as to what is the first choice? For me, I think with Will Jordan, what we forget, this guy's 23 years old. And I think it's taken him a while to settle in 
to test match rugby. We know his ability, and that try would have given him a ton of confidence. I, I like Will Jordan and, of course, um, <clears throat> Rico Ioane on, on, on the wing. I I want them to personally, I want them to stay in those positions. And I just like I like the fact that you can you can basically have an X Factor outside back come off the bench, whether it's a Sevu Reese or, or or anybody else. I I think he's cracked that position. And you know, he does he's got he's got the whole complete skill set under under the high ball, got 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 the pace. Look he look he looked looked a little bit rattled against the spring box. And to be fair, that's what that's the first time he played against the Springboks, and I think he'll now totally understand what he's up against next time he um, plays them. Yeah, I mean, he obviously got, got um, pulled off and then dropped for the following game um, against the Springboks, which I think a lot of us thought that um, that he slipped down the order, but has, has worked his way back in again. Boa, well, you've started already, but yeah, you, you, you were very impressed by him at, uh, at the weekend. Will Air Jordan, so the one key adjustment which he has made in his game uh, in falling in line with this whole game plan is his adjustment of depth in the kick receive. So against the box, he was actually sort of moving forward a bit more than what the uh, uh, All Blacks would have liked him to. And that's where we were creating pressure on ourselves. And there was a lot of high balls coming back into Jordy Barrett. So Jordy had to actually get out of position and contest the high ball, whereas Will Jordan was slightly ahead of where he should have been. But against the Welsh, he made that adjustment and he hung right back on his running line off the ball. And that gave plenty of space for the fullback and his other winger to hold their position. And the best example I can give you is, I'm just going to put my coach's hat on here. There was a ruck where the Welsh recycled. And of course, the Northern Hemisphere teams love to use this technique called the Caterpillar ruck, where they actually have about three players uh, tagging on to each other in single file, and the ball comes right to the, the foot of the last player. And when the referee says, use it, after about 20 seconds, the halfback decides to hoist it up in there for a box kick. Now, Will Jordan made the adjustment, and for Wales's misfortune, they kicked right into his hands. This gave him plenty of time to actually assess and scan what was in front of him, puts the chip and chase, beautiful bit of finishing, and this is the type of adjustment I think we expect to see from uh, these quality players. And that would have definitely pleased Ian Foster. And in my word, I think Will Jordan pretty much cemented and it showed for a guy who's 23 years old, he can adjust uh, under these conditions. And, you know, he would have learned plenty from it. And uh, long may it continue and he will just continue to score probably a couple of tries each coming up. So if anyone's watching, we're looking for a try scorer. Will Air Jordan? Well, yes, uh, he's scoring at uh, more than the try game so far. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't think you'll get very good odds um, on uh, on Jordan scoring tries um, uh, for that one. Uh, the um, so uh, just something that's uh, that, that's been going on in the live chat is Nocturnal Rights uh, says that he's backing for Zell, as we've said, uh, and um, he said Stephen Harris uh, five dollars on uh, um, Frizzell being ahead of Blackadder by July next year. Uh, now, Stephen Harris then put in our private chat that, yes, it's Nocturnal Rights. Yes, he will do. So it's Nocturnal Rights won't have seen that because it was in the private chat. But um, Nocturnal, Stephen is taking you up on that $5. Uh, so, yes, in July next year, uh, we'll see. Is Frizzell ahead of Blackadder or vice versa? Um, there's five bucks on it. Um, now, if Stephen Sorry, uh, uh, keeps following no, Bowers' nocturnal. Um, 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 gambling tips, that's not going to be much. That, that's, that's not going to be a problem for him anyway. Investment. <laughs> not The term you're looking for is investment. Now, one thing I have to say for Nocturno is, and everyone listening out there, what Blackadder brings to the table is he's a very, very good lineout option as well. And his work rate in the lineout is exceptional. He's, in fact, been flawless. I don't think he's missed a single lineout throw, particularly at the front of it. So I think that level of versati versatility gives him a slight edge. And of course, Frizzell at the moment, you know, he's got a bit of catching up to do. So I think it's a safe bet to say Blackadder as it is. The form line is looking good. And Mr. Harris, I think that five bucks is safe. <laughs> money money um, in the bank. Nocturne Rights thinks Peter Mangan Jensen might come, in back come back in next year. Um, yeah, look, he, it, it's, well, he's having a great time at uh, Bunnings NPC, but that's hardly um, all black level. Uh, and you remember Jack Goodhue is also coming back as well. Um, so anything else from the weekend for the All Blacks boys, or shall we uh, look forward? 
Oh, I think I think for me, a case of uh, a case of uh, uh, looking forward. Listen, it was great to see. Obviously, in Wales, uh, there was there was a lot of talk about the the Welsh being underdone. But let's not forget the Welsh Rugby Union accepted this game. They know that the All Blacks are a draw card. They they're gonna you know what six million dollars in the bank that they didn't have before that game. It would have been six million dollars they didn't have if they didn't have that game. And, and listen, it was great to see so many people um head into the head into the stadium and just to get out. And you know, in terms of what they've gone through in uh Britain in and in and around COVID, I, I just think it was uh, uh great to see. As for our mate Arvo, is it Arvo who basically sneaked in Javo. Uh, um you know for me uh, quite, quite, quite frankly, it's it, it, it's a, it's a little bit like the uh, the joke that you or the the joke that you tell tell once and you try and say it again three times on the same night. I think people are a, a little bit over it. Really disappointed with the uh, the security. I mean to say, he, he just practically ran past a guy who wasn't basically looking and to me that's disappointing that's not a, this is not his moment in the in the sun this is this is basically for the players and it's great theater you know um and tradition as as well it's not his time in the sun but unfortunately it's made it his time in the sun yep um on the Welsh side of things yeah johnny mcnichol um had a good game uh at um at, at fullback and also um uh tyburn the uh the the welsh number seven as well also uh um had had a good game. Another young, a young, a young guy who has got a good future um, ahead of him uh, if he can keep up that um, that kind of form. Um, look, there was some comments um, around the refereeing in this game. Um, the uh, so the um, uh, and yeah, so some of the calls were um, interesting. Um, I think to say the very least. Uh, and I do think that well, Wales probably got some uh, the. Uh, the, the, the worst of it, but um, at the end of the day, it didn't change the um, the result. Uh, and uh, the, but some, but yeah, some interesting ones in there. I, um, the yellow card. Look, it was the it was a shoulder. Um, and there were no arms in it, so yes, no, I've got no complaints that yellow card. Um, it's nothing to do with the height, just the fact that there were no shoulders, no no arms in it. The problem is there were a whole bunch of other tackle, a whole bunch of other tackles during the game on both sides. Where there weren't arms that, that didn't get um, called, so um, it's a shame that that yeah that that, um, that, that yeah there wasn't the consistency and and some interest like interesting calls um, by the uh, referee um, as well in there, but uh, thankfully didn't change the result on this one. Um, looking forward to next weekend then, and it's Italy. Um, Boa, seventeen changes back to the back to the side that faced USA. Yeah, probably. I think there'll be a bit of mixing and matching as well because there were a couple of form lines there. Uh, Foster and Cole would have thought, look, I think we need to probably get these guys a bit more time. Um, yeah, look, uh, look. let's let's face facts. I don't think Italy's... I, I know Adi Sever made a statement early in the week saying, you know, last time they played uh, each other, the, the back three carved them up. Uh, well, I, I, I beg to differ. Uh, you know, I think that's just that's that's very gracious of ID. You know, he's he's showing the host a bit of respect. But I think, uh, yeah, we know what's coming. It's going to be a a big score, and I think the All Blacks will just ramp up the intensity. They'll be ruthless. They will want to continue this form line. They will want to make sure that they have a near perfect game and look to finish. Um, you know, pretty much every opportunity. And of course, Italy haven't really played much rugby together, and they're coming just. You know, it's pretty, pretty much a fresh up campaign, so to speak. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's a foregone conclusion what the result is. It's just going to be how much, and it will really depend on the error rate. If the All Blacks don't be clinical, we're not going to see a big enough score. If they are clinical, boy, I think we're in for a big, big score, a lot of entertainment. Um, yeah. So yeah, look, you know. Uh, it's uh, you know I don't wanna, I don't want to sound unrealistic by saying that you know there's going to be some competition this weekend. There isn't. I think Italy are going to get absolutely pumped, and uh, I'm expecting uh, seventy plus. Stephen, um, you're saying both say mix and match. Um, I'm saying total change back to the uh, USA the USA side. What's where, where do you think the uh, selection will will, will go? 
Well, I suspect one guy who won't be um, in selection is in this a little bit. We haven't heard a lot about his injury. It's Brody Retallick carrying a shoulder injury. I think he'll be given, definitely be given a um, a week off just to make sure make sure he recovers uh, well enough. Um, I, I think they'll probably they'll probably want to protect uh, their top team as much as they can because that that those last two games against Ireland and and France are pretty much going to be back-to-back games, which will be very tough games. They're the really big games of the tour, in fact, for the rest of the, rest of the year. So um, my thoughts are not too dissimilar to yours, uh, Paul, probably a bit of, bit of mix and match. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't say I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be keen to see how the, the progression of some of the younger guys that they've taken on this tour go. Yeah, I'd like to say I'd like to see uh, I and Lord both start, and then Sam Whitelock come off the bench uh, in that one. But there has been talk of Sam Whitelock uh, starting every game, or um, because he's captain. I'm not sure that's such a, a great idea. But um, the um, uh, and not to say I think the players are serious when they state the opposition is to be respected no matter their quality because of the chance of losing, however remote, will sting for the rest of their lives. Look, and also if you are complacent going into a game. Um, yeah, and uh, you, you, it, it can cause you problems. Um, arrogance also is not a very good look, let's be blunt. Um, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's much, uh, um, whilst we uh, know that they will be, and I think Bo is, yeah, right, it's 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 going to be somewhere between the Welsh score and the USA score. It's not going to be 100 plus, um, but it's uh, definitely going to be more than 50. So, yeah, it's in that 70 to 80 range is, is what I'm expecting um, from um, from the All Blacks. Um, the other game last weekend was Scotland beating Tonga 60-14, to 14, uh, unfortunately. And if we just quickly run through the games, then this weekend, Italy versus New Zealand is at 2 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, oh, sorry, 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. <laughs> Jesus, everyone gets up early on Saturday and blames me. At 2 a.m. Sunday morning. Uh, at the same time, we've also got Ireland versus Japan. Um, obviously, uh, so that, that will be an interesting one to see how... Um, how Japan is tracking, obviously, after that get they lost to um, the Wallabies. They've had a warm-up coming into this, uh, which um, Ireland won't have had. Um, there's also um, Portugal versus Canada at 4 a.m. That's not on Sky. Um, the other ones are. Uh, and Spain versus Fiji at 4 a.m. So a good start to Fiji for their tour. Now, remember, uh, Fiji um, have not got their, um, their coaches there um, or any of their... Uh, Southern Hemisphere-based players. It's purely European-based players plus some European-based coaches that are doing that. So no Vern Cotter, um, for example, but he is getting in touch um, via Skype. Again, that was not on Sky. Um, at 4.15, though, on Sky is um, England versus Tonga, uh, which I think we can, uh, after Tonga's result against Scotland, I think we, we know what's going to happen similar again. Um, and then uh, into the uh, kind of meteor ones, 6.30 a.m., Wales versus South Africa. Um, obviously, South Africa will go in as heavy favourites on that one, but Wales will have some reinforcements in there. Um, but uh, we do worry that they'll have lost players like Alwyn Jones to injury. Um, and then finally, France. Uh, sorry, yeah, the, the, the final on the Sunday, France versus Argentina at 9 a.m. New Zealand time. So that uh, should be a good one. Uh, and then on Monday, you've got Scotland versus Australia at uh, 3.15 a.m. Um, as well. So uh, another um, cracking game there. It'll be interesting to see how uh, the Wallabies go, because let's be honest, their form uh, when not playing the All Blacks is fantastic currently. Um, can Scotland, having had that warm-up against Tonga, um, will they be in a position where they can um, uh, upset that uh, that Wallaby um, apple cart? We'll just have to um, wait and see. Um, any Particular comments on any of those games that you want to you want to sort of um, call out? Yeah, that Scotland uh, Australia game. Just looking at the TAB odds uh, for that game, Australia paying a dollar fifty eight, Scotland paying two twenty seven. Now that could be a really really interesting game. Scotland obviously would have taken a a lot out of that uh, victory over uh, over Tonga. Nevertheless, the Tongans were weren't at full strength, and I, I realise they're adding a few players to their their roster <clears throat> this weekend. I see Solomon uh, Kata might be available for Tonga this weekend, so he'll be a handful in the middle. But listen, I think England will be way too strong. Well, South Africa once again th- that'll be an interesting one. I think you hit it on the head. Alwyn Jones, um, real big loss there, and of course 
Argentina versus France. Well, you never know with France sometimes. That's uh, that's a game that I would never look at betting on because you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, but so 9am in the morning, it's a good one to, have to watch over breakfast. Uh, Bo, any, any particular games though that jump out that you want to talk about? Or Yeah, the Wallabies uh, being hosted by the United Nations of Scotland. I think that's going to be a very, very interesting game. Um, for more reasons than one, I'll tell you why. Because Scotland's form line coming into this, they obviously, you know, uh, you know, took apart Tonga, and that was to be expected. And you know, I have to say this again: I feel really sorry for Tonga because two weeks in a row now they'll be punching bag, and they just they seem to, you know, with a big smile they front up. And I, I have nothing but admiration, love, and respect for our brothers from the uh, South Pacific because. You know, you think about it. You know, every week you know you're going to get your teeth punched in, but you happily do it. You front up and do it. Yeah. And that that takes a lot of nuts in my book. Anyway, moving on. The, the yes, Steve. I was just quickly going to say on that too. Eleven players born outside Scotland as well. I just thought I'd throw that in. The United Nations of Scotland. Yeah. Ironically, Glasgow are hosting. The, the World uh, Climate Change Summit, where all the <laughs> literally all the United Nations have flown in with their private charter jets uh, and all these commercial carriers. I thought I'd throw that in as well. You know, a bit of hypocrisy. But anyway, coming back to the game. Now, keep in mind, there's been a bit of turbulence as far as the build-up from the Wallabies because it's been well documented, and this is a classic case as to why you need to pick home-based players. As soon as you start, you know, deregulating the whole centralized contract. Club versus country comes in, and then in comes opinions and all the internet keyboard warriors, and it just it's it's just a mess. So the preparation hasn't been ideal. So I think this is going to be a very very close game, and looking at the balance of probabilities, looking at the history of when the Wallabies have actually toured the Northern Hemisphere, I would very much like to tip the United Nations of Scotland. It'll be a close game. It'll be less than one score. But I think there's a very, very strong case to be made here. Uh, and, and looking at you know some of the, some of the playing patterns uh, uh, Coach McGregor has come up with, uh, there's some really positive signs there. And, they have, and he has some class finishes. So, yeah, I think it's going to be close. But I, I, I would love to see Dave Rennie and his Wallabies actually keep the momentum going. It'll be great build-up. But some, a little birdie on the wire called Mr. Statsburg tells me that we will see Scotland just pipping the wallet. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There we go. Well, um, uh, the... Uh... Nocturne says, "Will Rennie chance to retire at fullback?" I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't think so. Um, but then again, um, with um, England um, and uh, Wales coming up as their next two games, it's uh, they don't have any easy ones to try out these sort of things. So who knows uh, if he will or not? Um, and um, Nocturne writes, "Are there any potato farmer, farmers in the borders, a la John Jeffries, to pick Scotland?" Well, uh, look, I think the days of um, of farmers playing rugby. Uh, at international level, have uh, have long gone, I'm afraid. Um, but I did talk to Matt Fadders um, the other day, um, and uh, I asked him, "Are we going to see him in a Super Rugby um, team early next year?" Uh, and he said, "No, um, that oh, very so unlikely. Is um, the cows on the farm um, are, uh, are, are going to need attention?" So it looks like uh, Matt Fadders um, will be uh, will, will be doing some farming. Um, it's also where we see Marty McKenzie nowadays as well. Um, that uh, that he skipped one NPC season. He's back this year with Southland, but he skipped it because he was on the farm. 
um, there and uh, in enjoying life on the farm. So uh, a few of our southern um, players uh, from from the South Island definitely, uh, uh, and and are, are farmers in uh, in the MPC or or, or uh, yeah, trainee farmers. Um, on that point of view, and uh, well, actually, maybe not even trainee. I don't know how. Don't know how expert Matt Fadders is as a cow farmer, um, to be honest. Um, the um, one of the points I will also make around this to add some balance to this uh, United Nations stuff that we're getting here from um, from my colleagues is that the, quite a few of the Scottish players might be uh, when they say um, from over, born overseas, they can be born in England, um, would be counted as being born outside of Scotland. So there are some of those players who are. Uh, through uh, yeah through parentage and who, whose parents just happen to be working down south um, when uh, when they were born. So um, it's not all um, kilted kiwis um, or kilted springboks. Um, actually, you get more kilted springboks nowadays than kilted kiwis, don't you? Uh, to be honest. Um, anyway, um, on 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 that one. Um, moving on then to the um, the women's game, and uh, we had two games um, at uh, the uh, the weekend. Um, the USA took on Canada uh, and lost 9-15. Um, and um, the uh, Black Ferns played England, losing 43-12. to Wow. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't see a scoreline like that coming, but uh, it has been two years since the uh, Black Ferns have played international rugby. They did play against the uh, New Zealand Barbarians last year. Um, and uh, there are a number of, quite a few, because it's been two years, there's been quite a few um, debutants in this one, but um, um, I'll be honest, I've not seen the game. Um, boys, did you, uh, have you have you had a chance to watch it? Yes, yes, I have, uh, Paul. Um, first of all, comprehensive performance uh, uh, from England. What it pretty much showed is they've played 14 tests, actual tests, in the last uh, uh, couple of years, Paul, and, and it showed, and of course, a lot of their girls um, part of... Uh, uh, academies uh, in, and, in, in and around premiership teams. Of course, they plan their own competition. And listen, it showed. It uh, just basically too too powerful, too quick at the end of the day. And they exposed a, a New Zealand team that had a lot of newbies. In, but ironically, it was probably the, the senior players in the uh, Black Ferns uh, lineup uh, that really, really dis- disappointed. I Probably the poorest uh, uh, test I've ever seen from Kendra Coxedge. On the weekend, you know, um, Chelsea Alley, Flula, but you've got to say that they were pretty much dominated by their opposites. But one of the reasons they were dominated by the opposites, they were dominated up front, despite a, a little bit of a comeback in the second half. But you've got to give uh, plaudits to England defensively. Very, very good in the second half, even though the Black Ferns threatened to bounce back in this game. Uh, did the Black Ferns have a warm-up game? Uh, they had some kind of uh, game of sort of three halves or kind of or, or, or a, 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 a training run run out. Not a not a not a um, not a full-on game, but yes, they had Wales and England under twenties or something. I think it was um, to warm up with against um, last <clears throat> last weekend. So yes, they did have some warm up there. Um, Boa, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, I watched large parts of the game, including the highlights, and look, we got beaten by a very very efficient. You know, very professional polished performance. So you got to give it to the English ladies. They, and they just absolutely obliterated us. But at the same time, you know, we've got to give some balance to this. As my colleague, Mr. Harry said, you know, the Blackburns are playing a proper test match first up. And first up, when you get one of these sides, this is what happens. If you have a, a, a soft preparation or no, hardly any preparation, you will struggle and struggle they did. And of course, uh, whenever Kendra Coxage, who I actually rate as one of, uh, the best players in rugby union, both in male and female. You know, when if she has a quiet game, the the rest of the team suffers, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, I think it was was it eight or nine debutants for the Blackbirds? Yeah, nine. So nine. you know, we we we've got to factor that in. And one thing I have to say is, thank the Lord that the women's rugby World Cup was delayed by one year because, given how the entire preparation had sort of come in and we had this stop-start nature would have been an absolute disaster. So I think the girls would have learned a lot from this and we can't be, you know, too harsh and too critical because uh, this whole test was kind of under the radar. They just sort of came half under that. And and the most important thing I think the rugby administrators need to learn is that first up in a campaign, when you play a quality side, you probably have to look at a, a slightly different preparation on what your, who your personnel are and are you actually going to blood nine debutants against a quality side. 
and um, you know the roses 100% deserved it and sometimes you just got to sit back and admire because they played some fantastic rugby and we were well beaten i'm surprised it was only 43 could have easily been 60 maybe 65 um and the the, the first they they'll be hurting they'll they'll have to lick their own wounds and let's see what they can come back with um, now, Simon Hughes says that the USA Canada game was uh, streamed on Facebook by uh, World Rugby. So fantastic to have that uh, to have it uh, that accessible, um, uh, and also as part of the Pacific Four competition, that Australia and New Zealand will be joining next year. So this is um, uh, New Zealand and uh, sorry, not New Zealand. This is USA and, and Canada starting that and uh, getting that going. This coming weekend, then they uh, the USA women and uh, Canada will reverse their game. So it was in, um, oh, sorry, not reverse. They'll have a, have another game between them. France will be hosting um, South Africa. Um, I expect that one to be a comfortable French win, um, to be honest. Uh, the um, uh, England and uh, the Black Ferns play again. That game is at 3.45 a.m. on Monday, folks, um, on Sky. Uh, also on Sky will be Wales women versus Japanese women um, on Monday at 6 a.m. Um, so, um, uh, look, uh, four... Um, test matches in the uh, the women's game um, this uh, this coming weekend. It's good to see the growth in that, and that it's starting to. We're starting to see more um, more um, more rugby. Still, a long way to go. Um, on the um, uh, the Super Rugby Alpaki, am I, am I pronouncing that right? Um, we've had a couple of um, uh, of signings. Um, Sarah Harini. Um, has um, signed for the uh, Hurricanes so uh, today. So congratulations on her. Um, and um, uh, was it uh, was it Stacey Fuller? I think also we saw uh, had uh, signed for the Chiefs as well. So we're starting to see those announcements come out, which is great to see um, uh, on those uh, on, on those. Ones. Sorry, no. I'll... Ruby Ruby Tui. Thank you. I was just actually pulling. I just saw, saw my email. Uh, that I got there from from uh, from the Chiefs media saying yes, Ruby Tui signed to the Chiefs. Sorry, folks. So um, good to see these uh, these announcements starting to happen, um, which is starts to give a bit of a buzz um, around uh, that 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 side of things, Stephen. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, you you mentioned these two young ladies because they'd probably be a couple that would probably be part of a 15s if a Rugby World Cup was playing in New Zealand. I know sevens is more their gig these days, but Sarah Hiddity, we know <clears throat> was a big part of. Um, the uh, Black Ferns when they picked up the World Cup um, in Ireland um, at the you know in their last crack, crack at it, so they have missed some talent. I just wanted to mention that that second test is at Franklin Gardens on on Monday morning, but I'd like to see some changes um, at at hooker. Their lineout was what wasn't the best, and I think Crystal Murray just offers some physicality when she came on. You know, even the English girls found her a, a bit of a handful, but when you're not getting your set piece right, you're not, as Les Elder pretty much said, or summed up after the game, you're just not getting any ball. And of course, I'm not sure what the status with uh, Portia Woodman is at the minute, but you've got to wet, at least match some of that pace on the uh, English outside. Sorry to back the truck up a little bit there, Paul. No, it's fine. Um, actually, and you're talking about Les Elder there, she's also signed for the Chiefs uh, and uh, the, the All Blacks captain, uh, unsurprisingly, um, who was based out of Bay of Plenty, uh, was the uh, Chiefs captain um, for their exhibition game. And she is, uh, well, so I think it's been announced. Uh, Ruby Tui kind of said, oh, I'm, I'll be, be good to be around Les Elder. Um, so she <laughs> looks like she's signed for the Chiefs, even though it's not been, um, as I say, I've not seen an announcement for it. I think Ruby Tui was the first player to be announced as uh, officially signing um, uh, on that one. But um, the uh, I think there's a, the, 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 there's a certain, certain element of assumption that for the Chiefs and the Blues, the players that were in, uh, that were selected, and that a lot of those players, or at least the Blackferns in those teams that played in the exhibition game, will be in those teams again. Um, whereas, because the Blues kind of mentioned our players who have been selected for the Blackferns, um, so yes, it'll be interesting for um, uh, for, uh, for 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 that one. Um, the now, uh, uh, Boa, any sort of comments on any of those games, or or, or anything else before we? Move on. on the side of things. Yeah, just a couple of things with the Blackburns, where you know where they actually won and lost the game was up front. Um, you know, you you gotta show some physicality, and the, the ruck cleanout needs to. It was it was pretty much like what happened to the All Blacks against Springboks, but the difference with the Roses were, boy, they were clinical. They had the gas and wheels out wide, and of course, one on one tackles. Our defense was just way too passive. 
just kind of chest surfing, not kind of making committed tackles. So that needs to change. And of course, you know, with players like Coxedge, you've got to get the kicking game, the tactical kicking game. So you don't put pressure on yourself and you're playing in the right part of the field. So I think the, the Blackburns will turn this around very, very quickly. They will learn very quickly from it. Um, and there's, there's nothing to say that, you know, they can't sort of uh, have an have, have, have immediate reversal of their fortunes. But one thing I do have to stress is particularly fresh up on a campaign when you are playing a quality side like the Roses, you need your best players on hand and you have to prepare in a certain way so that they're ready to fire. Otherwise, if you turn up and you don't have your best players, you're just going to get a hiding. That's, and that's exactly what happened. Well, let's, let's be clear. I mean, the Roses didn't have a warm-up game for this either. This was them. This was their first hit out. So uh, it, it's been it's the same for both sides from that point of view. Yes, they've had the Premier. They, they have the um, uh, the they, they, they've they've had more games in recent times, um, but their last game would have been back uh, in the uh, the first half of this year, joining the Women's Six Nations. Uh, and they uh, yes, they've been playing their club competition, which is the uh, Premier Fifteens. Um, as, as well, but this is yeah. They, they've, they, it's not like they've had two or three games to warm up and come into this game either. Uh, on, on that note, I was going to say, Paul, <clears throat> I think what they have got though, they've still got a lot of experience, and mm. I, I reckon they would have bottled what happened in that last World Cup final as well. And you know, it it would have been front and foremost on their mind. So I think in terms of motivation, I don't think that would have been too much of an issue for the. Uh, for the English girls, but you make a, you make a fair point. They didn't they didn't have a hit out, and you've got to give them a bit of a bit of credit for that. Now, uh, before this, uh, you mentioned that um, Alice Soper has been saying some things. Oh, I've written an article in the press, and I've not had a chance to read it. Um, but uh, the, the 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 title is "Women's Rugby Must Be uh, Must Become Unashamedly Ambitious If It Is to Flourish." Um, uh, Simply, did you have some things you wanted to say about that, or what, what she said? I mean, or can you yeah. give some story <clears throat> what she going to say? Yeah, I, listen. For me, I think there's a time and a time and a place. I think we we all knew that this Black Ferns team was going in underdone. I mean, so I I pretty much tweeted out even when they took the players. There was a lot of talk that they'd taken some of these players out of the Farrah Palmer Cup because you still needed them playing hard and rugby. How good would it have been? There's a majority of these girls play for both Waikato and Canterbury to have actually been playing in that final just to give them keep that edge there. Um, if you know what I mean. So for me, I just think there's a time and a, a time and a place to make that sort of comments. I realise she's an activist for uh, for for women's rugby, and listen, I I, I totally get that. But I just think, uh, like I say, I don't know if those girls in Britain, if that's something they want to read right right now that the excuses are already being rolled out. If you know what I mean, I think these girls need to go away, um, and and basically try and put out a performance that they can actually be be proud of because if that's what that's what basically happens well then you've sort of got to look at maybe your own individual preparation before this game yep okay i say I've, I've not i've not read it so i don't know what she said um so um so i can't uh, I, I can't comment um on what's uh, on what's been said there um uh but anything else or, or should we move on to um to to uh to some some more Pacifica stuff there is there is Player of the week from last weekend, uh, obviously Will Jordan's, you know, that sensational effort. And of course, the English debutante, I think it was uh, Holly, Holly Atchison. Yes, Ooh, yes. She's got jet shoes, that girl. Man, she got the ball, beautiful pass, cut right through. I think beat four would-be tacklers. Uh, amazing try. That this, this lady, she's got some wheels on her. And, um, you know, straight out of a highlight reel. So... Great try, and in my book, I would rate that as equally as good at what Mr. Will Jordan did. So, congratulations, Holly. And I think that would be a name we will see more and more in the world rugby circuit, particularly uh, with this very formidable English Roses side. Right then, something I have seen, um, and Simon says, and this is one to take from the, to the live chat. Um, he says, I saw an interesting interview on Mac P. Um, the uh, chairwoman of the other Super Rugby bid. So he's talking uh, there about the um, uh, uh, um, Kahlua, or Kahlua, whatever it is, out of... Um, and Kahlua is actually an alcoholic drink, so that's not the right word. But anyway, uh, uh, the yeah. team the team out of um, out of Hawaii. 
um, just to continue what he says, uh, time in giving uh, out about one of the here getting to the uh, Super Rugby license. Now, first up, the interview that's being shared around is from some time ago. It is not a current one um, because the uh, uh, the the radio DJ mentions the fact that Moana Pacifica is still actually it's not possible that some the uh, the Hawaiian team is still actually uh, bidding for Major League Rugby. Now that's about a year ago, um, I think now or or, or more that some uh, that, that that fell through. So uh, so look, it's it's an old interview. Um, she makes claims along the lines that they were going to be playing players a million dollars a year. Uh, now, um, I would take everything in this interview with a pinch of salt, to be honest with you folks. They came out um, and uh, made announcements, basically came out with a name and a logo um, and, uh, uh, and and made a whole bunch of announcements. Uh, the We found out that say, another company told them to stop using the logo because they basically copied it from somebody and had stolen the logo. They hadn't, got, hadn't had, it, had their own logo made. Then they also made um, uh, that uh, that also that she that um, they had the backing of the uh, uh, the Hawaiian government, the Hawaiian University, the Hawaiian Airline, and the Hawaiian Tourism Association, all four of whom came out and said they didn't have any connection with the rugby team. So, look, um, if, uh, yeah, um, Simon says I sense a very grifter vibe about them. Uh, look, the yes, they they're not a, a um, from, from where I'm sitting, from what I've seen, uh, they are not a proper they're, they're, um, organization. Uh, they uh, apply for an MR, MLR um, uh, franchise. They knew they were going to get uh, uh, declined. And the day before, they came out swinging, um, saying that Major League Rugby was uh, financially unviable and was going to collapse. Um, well, we've not seen that yet, folks, have we? Uh, they came out swinging when they didn't get their super rugby franchise as well so uh to my mind look they're not a credible organization um and uh i would say yeah take anything that you've that, that uh, you hear from them with a um heavy heavy sense of skepticism yeah you, you did right paul and in fact um it was i think at last year around about july last year they were actually threatened uh, with uh, litigation from uh uh, MRL because basically they went into Hawaii and pretty much said uh, they basically had a license to start a team there. Now the uh, uh, state senator at the time, Glenn Waikai, pretty much told the uh, local Hawaii news over there that <clears throat> nobody had heard of them. Um, Tourism Hawaii, who they reckon they'd been de- dealing with, hadn't heard of them. Basically Aloha Stadium, which would, be, which would have been the, the home ground of uh, this particular, particular team, Kanaloa uh, Hawaii, nobody had heard of them. And, uh, yeah, a lot of mistruths going around, unfortunately. It's just, for me, very disappointing that MediaWorks actually decided to to pick up and run with the story without doing a little bit of investigative work when you consider that MP are right in the middle of um, sort of promoting their team, releasing their team, uh, launching this franchise at the moment. <clears throat> and, you know, it, it painted a few people in the, in a, into a wee bit of a corner. And I know for a fact that uh, some players who have been signed are, are asking questions at the moment. Hey, guys, what's what's going on? So it's it's called a bit of, it's caused a bit of disharmony. But uh, from what I understand, I did I did get a message. The uh, New Zealand Rugby Football Union has pretty much got in, got involved, lawyered up, and pretty much said to um, <clears throat> our media works just to, to take all this down. So um, yeah, I, I think that really puts it all in pers- perspective. Un- unfortunately, it's been a wee bit of a bushfire for MP at a time where they should be releasing players. It's interesting in the last couple of days, we haven't seen any uh, uh, new players released. So I, I suspect there's a bit going on behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, and um, look, Moana are not a, let's be blunt here, they're, they're not a mature organisation. Um, they don't have necessarily have the, the, the full... Um, back office staff all um, fully necessarily in place yet uh, and uh, and definitely not in a kind of um, well-oiled machine that knows that that, that, that that communicates together so it doesn't surprise me that yeah as you say um, the brakes have been put on um, some of their announcements while they uh, you say they, 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 they do some firefighting um, uh, around that um Bo, you got any comments on this one or, or, or should I take some more comments from the chat well, no, I think Steve pretty much, uh, you know, wrapped it up uh, very, very well. 
one thing I have to say is, you know, be it sport, you know, any industry, when you run an organization, it takes a lot of uh, organizational structure and organizational discipline to actually be successful at what you do, particularly from a financial point of view. So you need to have all your nuts and bolts and people who are actually using the ratchet to have the right amount of torque uh, so that, you know, you don't leave the nuts too loose nor you tighten it too much so that you can give everyone the right amount of freedom so that you could create the right culture. Now, this takes real maturity um, and, and, you know, being, you know, have, having been an uh, entrepreneur all my life, I can tell you one thing. Um, people tend to take the easier way out. So from a leadership point of view, you always got to try and get them back in line. Uh, so I think, uh, was, it, was it Nocturnal on the chat? He was talking about uh, that chair, the chairperson's interview. Uh, I think it was about Kanaloa and that whole sort of, you know, uh, topical. Yeah. Simon, beg your pardon. Um, yeah, so look, all that's just unfortunate. And uh, it's, uh, it's. I think, I'd like to think, you know, we've all moved on from that. Uh, but with that advent of the internet, you know, all this just keeps coming back. Uh, so hopefully, as far as more on the Pacifica goes, you know, they can just stay really focused on what they have to do. And of course, uh, you know, first up, they have to make sure they do the basics right. So both on and off the field, because doing stuff on field is just one part of the equation. Uh, a lot of stuff off the field. And that's why some of the, the, the franchises like the Crusaders have been very successful is because they've got their off field structure and strategy spot on. So, you know, looking forward to real big, big and better, brighter things from Moana Pacifica. They certainly, uh, you know, have, have got some really good personnel. And I think uh, let's just, Hope and see how all this unravels. And more than anything, I just like to see more on the Pacifica come out and express themselves both on and off the field. Um, Craig asks, does New Zealand Rugby Football Union own the license to Moana Pacifica? No, I think Moana Pacifica own their own license. Mm -hmm. um, so um, the uh, um, and uh, but obviously it's granted by New Zealand Rugby, right? So New Zealand Rugby have sold it or granted it to Moana Pacifica. Um, so is there anything I'm curious about this one Pacifica non-profit organization? Um, I'll be honest, I don't know what, what, what structure it is, um, but um, I can't see there being much profit in Super Rugby full stop. So uh, whether it's a non-profit or a, or a profit organization, I can't see actually making much money, to put bluntly. There isn't a lot of money to make in um, Super Rugby. Uh, most of the, all, pretty much all the income, I believe, is pretty much spent. Yeah, but, either way, hopefully the income, even if it's a couple of bucks, has to be more than your outgoings. Because if you yes. don't, what tends to happen is you hemorrhage money and the longer it belongs, um, all of a sudden you find yourself in this precarious situation called bankruptcy. So whatever happens, be it profit, non-profit, if it's non-profit, you turn what you call a surplus. If you're a, a full-on business, you turn a profit and you pay tax on that profit. This is you know, business economics 101. Uh, so hopefully, Warner Pacifica have got that sorted out, which I'm sure they have. And hopefully they can make tons of profit so that, you know, we can get players who are well remunerated and there is an organization and structure in place. We can actually see the girth of Pacific Island talent go to and they're actually having an outlet where they can come and show their ways. Yep. Um, so that's wrapping up, I think, most of the, of, of the stuff. Um, we uh there's been and i say i've i'm really disconnected from reality at the moment folks um but i have seen a whole bunch of tweets about something about some uh, about about northland and, uh, and and covid levels and stuff um but folks don't worry the northland um uh, team are in rotorua already um ahead of their game this uh, tomorrow um so obviously you'd expect them to be there already so uh, so that i don't don't expect there to be any interruption to that game in Rotorua. I haven't filled in my COVID questionnaire, so I'm not sure if I'm going to be allowed to go to that game, but I will do that straight after this. Um, Paul, 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 I should jump in. and uh, um, We shouldn't forget the biggest local story, of course, the signing of uh, former Irish coach Joe Schmidt and, of oh, course, yes. uh, the other signing, uh, Craig McGrath, as well. Now, that is just uh, huge news, which really came out of, out of nowhere. I knew that... Uh, Craig McGrath was joining the team as, I think, in a defensive capacity. I uh, stand to be corrected there, Boa. So I knew he was joining, but who knew that uh, Joe Schmidt uh, was finally um, basically working his way back into uh, New Zealand rugby. So uh, 
what a what a, what a wonderful fit uh, for this Blues organisation. And it's been 14 years. Of course, he was with the Blues between 2004 and 2007. So 14 years later, back to the scene of the crime. <laughs> uh, look, and a cracking uh, uh, coach coaching addition there um, for the Blues. Look, I mean, obviously, uh, masterminded the um, Ireland's first ever win over the um, the All Blacks and did it again. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't take Ireland beyond the uh, quarterfinals at the Rugby World Cup, though, um, but did, I think, pick up a grand slam uh, as a head coach. I'll have to go and uh, I, I, I might be wrong there, but I think he did. So, yeah, look, look, look very, very good coach um, and uh, be a fantastic um, uh, uh, role for, um, uh, well, fantastic addition to, to the Blues. Um, Simon... Uh, uh, oh, Craig says he's reading uh, Joe's book now, I think. So there we go. That's uh, that's interesting to hear. Um, yeah, look, Bell, Joe Smith, you, I think this, aware of? this is the start of some wonderful things for New Zealand rugby. Joe Schmidt, uh, a guy I have immense respect as a coach, most of his rugby IQ and his ability to inspire his troops and his coaching philosophy. Absolutely love it. You know, He's what you call an empowering style of coach, and he sticks to the basics. And when he writes a game plan, boy, it's like reading an Alfred Hitchcock novel, but it's very clear, lots of clarity. And of course, I have to give a lot of big ups to uh, Craig Ice McGrath, lovely guy. I know him really well. Um, you know, uh, he he spent some time with, uh, you know, obviously from Waitemata and, uh, you know, the Melbourne Harlequins. And then he's been coaching in uh, Japan, I think, with the Honda Heat. At a, uh, you know, lovely guy, very simple philosophy. And I think it was uh, about a couple of years ago, I remember at a Blues training, uh, sorry, uh, Auckland NPC training session, I, I told him, I said, Craig, this is the start of some much bigger and better things to come. And he was very modest and he just completely dismissed it. Uh, and sure enough, he's now the Blues uh, defensive man. So great acquisition, great news for the franchise. And particularly with Joe Schmidt coming in, maybe this is the beginning of something special moving forward. Um, and I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to leave it at that. I was, I was going to say, next time you see him, you can say, I told you so, Craig. That's the, um, but I was also going to say, gee, one of uh, Joe Schmidt, one of uh, Northland's favourite sons, born in Kawakawa, 40 minutes north of Whangarei, many years ago, even though he probably moved away when he was about a year old to that, down to down to Woodville. Can, I think we can claim him. <laughs> 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 uh, you claim, claim anyone that's been sort of north, north of the Harbour Bridge for, for, for a day trip, um, if you if you can there. Um, oh dear. Um, looks like there's been some signings um, for um, uh, around uh, World Rugby around players and stuff, um, which I must say I've I've uh, totally missed out on, folks. Uh, I say I've been kind of busy um, over the uh, the last couple of days. But um, Boa and uh, Stephen, thank you for dragging me on to the. Uh, the, 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 the straight and narrow uh, and uh, filling in the massive gaps um, in my knowledge um, this weekend. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always, but so uh, Stephen, you're waving a finger around, which generally means you want to yeah. say something. Yeah. Just before, just before we go, uh, make or break game for the Northland Tanifa down in uh, Rotorua tomorrow evening. I gather you're going to be there, Paul. Um, in fact, it's an important game for, for both of these teams, obviously with the steamers, their final competition game is against Canterbury. Um, down in Christchurch, so I think they'll probably want to get across the line in this particular game. A uh, bit of bad news for Northland. Um, they have lost basically two captains. Jordan Olsen, who's uh, ba ba basically out, had to return home for birth of a second, of a second child. Tom Robinson took uh, another head knock again, unfortunately. So just in terms of precaution, um, basically they've decided not to, to play Tom, and I think that's the right idea. Carter Pryor also taking a, the head knock. So uh, yeah, gonna gonna be would have been tough with a full strength team to beat Bay of Plenty, but I would suggest that's probably why Bay of Plenty are paying a dollar seventeen and Northland are paying around about four bucks for that uh, game tomorrow. But just want to wish them all the luck on uh, not quite the last uh, game of the year, although they will be sending predominantly a B team down to play Hawks Bay in their final game on uh, Saturday. And uh, yeah, last round of the NPC this weekend or round robin round before we get into the finals. Well, there might be a few players who uh, have to go down to uh, that um, Hawks Bay game that weren't expecting to if they uh, if players are trapped in Northland. So we'll have to wait and see what side um, does travel down to play Hawks Bay at the weekend. But um, thank you, guys. 
um, stay safe, everybody. Follow the rules, uh, get yourselves vaccinated, and let's get back to normal as um, soon as possible. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.